Welcome to the 400th episode of How to Build a Tent. I can't believe we made it. But we made it, baby. We made it. 400 episodes. I can't wait to get to 500. Thank you for everyone who has supported this show throughout all of these episodes throughout the years. Uh, it's been such a fun ride. It's been so great getting to know all of you. It's been so humbling to hear how your stories, listening to the show, have impacted you, the businesses you've started, the side hustles that have blessed you, the investing, all those things. It's been a great, great run, and I'm thankful for it, and thank you for all of you guys. My name is Matt Williams. If I didn't say that, I don't remember. We're part of the Fight Life Feast Network. Go over to flfnetwork.com. Put in HGBT in the memo field. You'll get a sweet mug. You'll get tons of great content. I mean, they're putting out great content right now because they're at home. I highly recommend you go over and check out that network, uh, the the stuff that's behind the paywall. I mean, great content, great stuff. And of course, you get $100 off on the only conference that's going on this year, or at least it seems like that, on October 1st through 3rd. I mean, it just pays for itself. So go over and do that. Get And I think they're giving away a shirt even right now. So get a mug, a shirt when you put in HTBT, and you get all the benefits that you normally get from a member. Today, we're going to go and talk about... Uh, the interview Mark Cuban had on Yahoo Finance, I thought it would be very fitting because I love Mark Cuban and he's inspired me over the years to do entrepreneurial things and he has a lot of good things to say. I actually really like the guy. He's like a center-left Democrat and uh, he talks about policy every once in a while and it just kind of makes me cringe. But he talks about the phase four bailout, <laughs> number four. <laughs> Trump tweeted that today. He's, Trump tweeted about another $2 trillion on infrastructure, which is cringeworthy. That's to say the least. You knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Have we not been talking about it on the show the last couple of days? So we're going to talk about that. We're going to go through Mark Cuban clips and see what he has to say about it. He's been saying, or he did say a lot of things that I've been saying about demand curve shifts and opportunities. And there's a lot of good feedback for small businesses and entrepreneurs. I wanted to touch on that. And then he also talks about the small business loan that's going out. Um, so, yeah, we'll get into that. If you have any questions, comments, you can email me, Matt, howtobuildatent.com. You can find me on all the social media sites, How to Build a Tent. If you are watching this on YouTube, I would really appreciate you subscribing to uh, the channel. Give it a like. I'm trying to get to that thousand subscriber mark so we can start doing those ads on the YouTube. That'd be really great. Help, helpful. Continue the show. We can keep it going strong. All right, so let's get into it. This is the first clip. You know me and my clips. I probably won't get through all these, but I hope so because they're all really good. So here we go. The first clip of the Mark Cuban interview today from Yahoo to Finance. The question is, how do we do it and what do we do? I don't think we can just go do it the old school way of just rebuilding roads and bridges. But we need to look to say, can we do a complete reset? You know, what do we need to do going forward? We've seen what happens when we don't have critical manufacturing here, but you can't just bring over manufacturing and expect it to be competitive. So do you agree, Mark Cuban, with the bailout? Yeah, we should do it. But we can't do what we've always done with our infrastructure bailouts. We can't do the same old thing. We got to think about how we are going to innovate, start over, to think about manufacturing. How do we get manufacturing back here? Here's the dirty little secret. The dirty little secret. The reason we don't have manufacturing here is not because of our infrastructure. It's not because we don't have enough government spending. Lord knows that's true. Lord knows that's true. The reason we don't have manufacturing here 
is because of the Environmental Protection Agency, EPA. Now, I'm not all for the pollution. I don't like it. I don't want it in my city. I don't want it in your city. I want to have clean air. I want to have clean water. And even I want to have those costs of polluting that the government has to spend cleaning up the water or whatever, or however we do it. I don't even mind having a tax on it to some extent. But the regulations that we have and the environmental protection rules on how many surveys you need to get, how many studies you need to get, and all of these taxes, all of this cost and regulation is crippling us and making us not competitive. That's why we do not have manufacturing in the United States. But with that said, if we are going to spend this money on the infrastructure, well, it should be through the states. The states should spend their own money on their own infrastructure. California should not have to pay for Florida's infrastructure. Floridians should not have to pay for California's infrastructure. There's different needs, different demographics, different building codes. California has to worry about earthquakes. Florida has to worry about tornadoes and hurricanes. Completely different. They have different industries. There's no reason the Floridians should have to pay for the Californians and their infrastructure or the Californians have to pay for the Floridians. And I believe that states are smart enough to be able to work together and figure out where to connect the roads, where to connect the transportation. But if we still can't seem to let the states decide anything anymore, and we feel that we do need to have the federal government spend money, trillions of dollars, on infrastructure, then I do agree that you know we should be thinking not about how we've always done it, but what do we need to do and what do we need to build and how do we need to plan to prepare for the future? The big problem with this is that is private market. That is the free market thinking. That is not government thinking. The government doesn't think that way. The government thinks about what is politically expedient. Who do I have to reward? Who are my biggest donors? How do we get the unions involved? How much do we have to pay them as a fair wage? How much do we have to pay for a prevailing wage? There's all of these different factors that go into it, innovation and preparing for ahead and doing it the most efficient way, the smartest way is not at the top of the list for government, even with Trump running it. Just look at phase three's bailout package. It's a mess, it's pork. There's tons of things in there rewarding inefficient behavior. We're rewarding government waste. But it's still there. So, yeah, those things would be nice. It would be nice to plan out infrastructure like that, but I guarantee you it's not gonna happen as well as it would if states ran it and if the private industry did as well. And you might be saying, well, the private industry doing roads? I have to say, in, Cal in Florida, now that I have my little sun pass, where I don't have to stop to give tolls, toll roads are wonderful things. And you'd be like, but you have to pay to use roads. Do you not think you're paying to use roads when the government builds them? Do you think you're paying less than the government when the government builds the roads than the private industry? I guarantee you pay way more. There's nothing the government does that the private 
sector cannot do cheaper. And when you use a toll, you only use it when you use the road. When the government builds your roads, you pay for it regardless if you use that road or not. Do you see the efficiency gap there? A toll road, you only pay when you use it. When the government builds it for you, a free road that you can drive on whenever you want, you pay for it regardless if you drive on it. You pay for all of the roads. You pay for them all. And that doesn't seem efficient at all. I think we need to invest in robotics as an example. We are not the leader in robotics in the world. So when we talk about infrastructure, we can talk about building the basis for new factories that incorporate robotics and building software. So then we can start bringing over those jobs from China and, and manufacture the critical PPE and other products that we need to have manufactured here. That's part one. His part one to this phase four infrastructure spending bill is we need to invest in robotics. Now, I'm not quite sure what he is thinking, and he may have an idea. He's a smart guy, he's a capable guy, he's connected, he's a billionaire, he's connected with people. I'm sure he talks to Trump. What can the government spend money on in this phase four bailout, that's step one for him, that is going to increase the technology of robotics in the United States. Doesn't that seem like a private industry problem to solve? Shouldn't we be working not to spend more money, but to get out of the way, just like we're getting out of the way of all these businesses during this crisis with the thing that I can't mention or the show won't do as well. Just like we're getting out of the way, we're making special exemptions, we're doing special things so that they can do that. Shouldn't we do those special things so that we can be competitive against the rest of the world? Not just in disaster, but always. Doesn't that make more sense? But again, I don't understand how spending money on infrastructure is going to help us become the number one leading country in robotics technology. I don't understand that. We have a bunch more clips to come to, but first I want to talk to you about the Kingsman Grooming products. Go over to kingsmangroomingpros.com. They have tons of great products. You put it on your beard, it makes it feel soft, it doesn't make it itchy, it gets it shaped in the ways that you need to shape it, and they have combs, it helps combs it, and oh man, it feels good to rub a comb through your beard, let me tell you. They have pre-shave, after-shave, leather products, lotions, they have tons of stuff. You already use them, so go over to kingsmangroomingpros.com. Check out their great quality products, support a Christian company, and put in HGBT when you check out and get 10% off. You get 10% off great quality products and support a Christian company that is desperately something that we need to be doing in this time is supporting small businesses and Christian companies. So go do that. Go over to kingsmangroomingpros.com, put in HGBT, get 10% off. All right, let's get back into it. When we talk about rebuilding infrastructure, I think we need to start talking about having um, self-driving car only lanes in roads. We need to talk about on highways, how do we make sure that self-driving trucks um, and auto autonomous vehicles can operate with um, cross-country um, um, carrying and, and load carrying. We need to look at in cities, how are we gonna get people able to trust self-driving cars? So maybe we take a page from Las Vegas and put uh, and put bridges over the top of roads so people, rather than crossing the street, well, they'll be concerned about autonomous vehicles, put them so they can walk over the top like they do in Vegas. But all these things together, 
um, really creates infrastructure 4.0 so that we're looking towards the future rather than trying to recreate the past. Part two is building bridges over roads and creating lanes to have autonomous vehicles be able to drive. I don't think you need to spend $2 trillion to allow autonomous cars on the road. And he went in to talk about how people are scared of crossing the street with autonomous vehicles. People are scared, they're uneasy about them. Which to me seems like there could be a really cool innovative solution that doesn't require doing something outdated and antiquated like building a bridge over a street. That seems like an incredible waste of resources. But rather have some kind of automated robot that talks to, to the, um, to the autonomous cars, or creates a barrier that can be easily removed when streets are being crossed, or there's some kind of other innovative solution that I can't even think about. That could be a better, more efficient way than to build a bridge over roads, guys. There's gotta be ways to improve and adapt and prepare for autonomous cars besides building bridges over roads. And this is like one of the points of the interview where I'm at, Mark, do you really have something to say or are you just trying to fill time and not sure what you're gonna say? Which I have to admit, sometimes you get asked those questions, you don't wanna say, you don't know an answer, you don't have a good one, and you kinda just filibuster it. That kinda feels like what he did here, to be honest. The new stimulus bill passed, and for small businesses, it includes a payroll protection program. And that's just now getting rolled out to banks and all the details are being given by the SBA. Okay, I just put this clip in here because this is something that if you have employees, and I believe they're for employees that you've had for January and February that have been on your payroll, this is really interesting. If you go to the SBA.gov, you can get more information on this. You can get a loan if you have a small business, which which is this crazy. A small business is not based on revenue or profits, it's based on how many employees you have. If you have under 500 employees, you're a small business. And so if you have employees, January, February, for people with salaries under 100,000 that work for you, you can get a loan up to, I don't know exact details, but it's up to some percentage of your sales for all of your employees' payroll, utilities, and some other costs and if you commit, which I'm not sure what that means, but if you commit to trying to keep them on and not fire them and not lay them off, then you could get a loan where you don't have to pay the principal back. If I qualify for that, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. So if you have a small business, you have employees, you're under 500 people, you have employees that you pay less than $100,000, go over to sba.gov, and check it out. And what's great about it is you don't have to apply through the SBA. You can go apply through your bank, through whoever you want to get this loan through that is offering this program, and you could get a really sweet deal. You could do a lot of different things with that money, but the important thing is, is that you keep your employees hired, which is, I think, the kind of key to it. So if you're already going to keep your employees and maybe you're doing well. I was just listening. I just uh, was talking with a listener who had their best month ever after having a family business for like a long time, 20 or 30 years. I forgot the exact amount. And maybe it's a great opportunity to do some things. But 
hey, if you can take advantage of these loans, do it. There's companies that are actually doing okay. You know, grocery stores, if you sell toilet paper, I have a company, Dude Wipes, that sells an alternative to toilet paper. If you sell, um, I have a company, Shark Tank Company, Mush, that sells um, oatmeal that can be stored in your fridge or pantry, whatever. If you sell products like that, that we can put in our pantries that we want to keep at home, your business is actually doing well. So if you've lost your job and you're looking to replace it, look at, you know, those types of companies. Or if you're a service provider, you, you know, you're a contractor that, that does creative work, you do videos, whatever it may be, social media, look for those type of companies because there are some companies that are doing well and you want to try to go to them and see if you can work with them. He's talking about here the demand curve that I was talking about before where a lot of demand curves shifted down, but also a lot of demand curves shifted up for products. And I sit, I just played this clip not to say, see, even Mark Cuban agrees with me in my... Uh, business acumen but he makes a good point that not just for the businesses looking to start a business looking to start a side hustle and supply and the offer supply in those demand areas high demand areas but also as employees if you got laid off start looking for companies that are selling that are providing service around those products where the demand shifted up or the demand curve shifted up and look for employment opportunities because you better believe that those people are hiring a lot more than other companies where the demand curve has shifted down. Now, okay, I'm cutting some of the clips off because I ran out of time, but I wanted to do this last two clips because it's just classic Yahoo Finance. How do you think we should think about capitalism going forward? What do you think the future of business will ultimately look like? Capitalism is what's going to save us. I love it. So she tees up this whole question, basically with the premise that capitalism is evil. And Mark Cuban has the answer. We're going to play it again. Capitalism is what's going to save us. Capitalism is what is going to save us. Now, obviously, Mark Cuban is not a Christian. And I shouldn't say obviously because I don't know if he is or not. I've never heard him talk about Christianity, which to me would be a red flag and say he's a Christian. But from an economic perspective, it is the system that saves. And I can say that confidently as a Christian because I believe that capitalism is rooted in biblical principles. Capitalism is what's going to save us. And yet we think that the trillions and trillions of stimulus are going to be what saves us. The one thing about the United States of America that's different than every other company on, a country on the planet is that we're a country of entrepreneurs. We look to start businesses. When we talk about the American dream, when we talk about rags to riches stories, it starts with an entrepreneur coming up with an idea and then executing on that idea. There, we're going to get to the other side of this. I'm, I'm positive of that. And we're going to look back in five years, and there's going to be five, 10, 15, 20, however many companies that were started out of all this that turned into just world-changing companies. That's where capitalism really shines. I wanted to end with that because that's a very positive note, and I love that optimism. There's going to be country, there's going to be companies born out of this that in five years are going to be world-renowned companies that are going to be influencers shaping the future, shaping our societies, and why not you be that company? What areas can you start and take a risk, start a business, 
and become somebody influential like Mark Cuban, a billionaire like Mark Cuban that can be asked to do these interviews and to spread the gospel and to to put out your values, the biblical values. It should be encouraging. It should be an exciting time for us. We should be making moves not out of fear, but out of confidence that God is still working and God is doing a work. So let's be bold. Let's take steps of faith. Go out, be successful, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. God bless.